Hello, everyone. This is Travis J. Vernon, and welcome to today's podcast. As you all know, I love taking people to new places and finding new adventurous spots to fish and explore and hunt. My ultimate goal as a guide is to teach people all the skills they need so that they don't need a guide. Now, I know that doesn't really work for everybody. There are some people that don't have the time or the desire to learn all the skills that it takes to be able to do the things that I do on your own. And that's okay too. If that's the kind of trip that somebody wants to go on, they only get their one day a year to fish, it makes sense to just take a guide, go out for your one day, have an enjoyable experience, and call it a year. Man, only fishing one day a year. I can't even fathom that. Well, when I first started guiding... You've heard me talk about my friends from Georgia. We had absolutely wonderful times. We used to lease this ranch that had trophy ponds. And we would go fish on the trophy ponds. And man, we caught some big, beautiful fish there. It was a lot of fun. Well, after college, I had spent some time in the Midwest. And then I had come back to Utah to run an outfitter in northern Utah. And my friends from Georgia gave me a call. And wanted to get out and go explore some new waters. Now at the time, I was working with a good friend named Rob. And Rob and I decided to take him to this little hike-in stream in the High Uinta Mountains. Now the nice thing about having friends like my friends from Georgia is we would trade trips. They would come up and fish with us. We would go down and fish with them. And that's a really fun thing for me to do. It allows me to experience things that I wouldn't be able to experience otherwise. Well, this little hike-in stream was off the Mirror Lake Highway. It was only about a mile hike, but it was a mile downhill. And we would always tell people, remember, we have to come back up. So don't fish all day and exhaust yourself because the hike out will become the most memorable part of the trip because it'll be the the most terrible part of the trip. One of the great things about coming in to the Uintas from the Mirror Lake Highway on the Utah side is the Chevron gas station in Camish, Utah. This Chevron station makes homemade donuts every day. And those donuts are absolutely spectacular. Now they make an apple fritter that is literally as big as a hubcap that comes in a box. Just giant. And my friends from Georgia wanted to grab some of the donuts on our way up to this little stream. So that's what we decided to do. So Rob had only been there one time with me. He wasn't super familiar with the Uintas. He spent most of his life fishing in Idaho on the Snake the Henry's Fork, more often than not out of a drift boat than wade fishing. And this was a tiny little stream. Most of it you could jump across. But there were so many brook trout and cutthroats, and then there was a larger lake in the Uintas that would flow into it, and fishing game would put tiger trout and rainbows and some different things in it. And every so often you'd have one of those fish head downstream. So on any given day, you could catch a lot of different species of fish. It was just a fun place to go. One of those little 
nooks and crannies, those little places that you find primarily by accident. And you get in there and you find these spots. It's always fun to share them with people that will appreciate them as much as you do. So like any high mountain range, you run the risk of having weather on any given day. It can snow in the Uinta Mountains every month of the year. So you have to be prepared. We knew there was a pretty good chance for rainstorms in the afternoon. So we headed up there pretty early. We swung into the Chevron station, grabbed two of those great big apple fritters, and headed up to the stream. We ate one of them on the drive-in. And the guys were so excited that there was going to be another one for the drive-out. So on this particular day, we pull into the parking area, get all our gear set up, and we start walking in. And on the way down this one-mile hike to get to where the fishing gets really good, I'm pointing out different landmarks to Rob because I know that he doesn't feel comfortable being down in these areas just because he wasn't familiar with them. So we knew that it was all uphill to get back to the truck. Sometimes I take for granted things that to me are common sense that other people aren't aware of. For example, if you're fishing on a stream and you walk downhill a mile following the stream, all you have to do is walk uphill that same mile following the stream. You can get back to your truck. Well, this becomes crucial later in the story, but the stream has a split in it. And that's why we walk a mile down the, the stream. Because there's a smaller tributary that combines with the tributary we were going to fish. And from where those two little tiny streams come together, there becomes a little bit larger flow and the fishing gets even better. So as we're hiking in, I'm pointing out some landmarks to uh, see this giant rock. It's like the size of a Volkswagen bug. This is where the other stream flows in. So you can just follow this trail down. Now, as I said before, this stream is really small. And there's six of us. So we decide to break into two groups of three. So I'm fishing with Daryl and Tom. And Rob's fishing with Jack and Larry. And we get to where the confluence of these two small tributaries and make a larger stream. We walk up to the first pool and I start showing them how if the water is four inches in depth, that it's deep enough to hold a brook trout. And we just started throwing dry flies and catching fish after fish after fish. Now, because it's small and there were quite a few of us, we decided to frog leap. And Rob and Larry and Jack decided to head downriver another half mile or so to give us some space to fish. And we made a plan to fish for as long as possible before any of the storms rolled in. We would meet back up at the trailhead at our vehicle. So the fishing is spectacular. It's tight casting because there's lots of pine trees, small stream, aspens, a lot of deadfall things laying across the stream. And I keep saying stream and river. It's the headwaters of a larger river. So it's the size of a stream, but technically it's the north fork of a river. So we're fishing and catching fish and having a good time. And pretty soon you hear the of distant, distant thunder. I'm like, all right, so the storm's rolling in. We've still got some time. Fish for another half an hour. Thunder starts to roll a little closer, a little closer. And I think, you know... If we start to see the lightning flashes and hear the thunder, 
within the small valley we're in, we really are going to need to go because it's still a mile and a half back up to the truck because we walk down a ways. And it's an uphill climb, so it's going to take some time to get back out. Well, the fishing's really good, so nobody wants to leave. Everybody wants to keep fishing. It's just one of those July, August, high country, mountain stream days where it didn't matter what you threw on the water. You could break off a one-inch twig and throw it out there and watch fish come up and try and eat it. So we're just catching fish like it's silly. And all of a sudden, there's a lightning flash right over top of us. Two seconds later, boom. I'm like, guys, pack it up. We got to go. This is getting to the stupid, ridiculous, dangerous part. We need to go. So we reel up, start hiking up the trail. We don't get three, four hundred yards up. And it just starts to nuke rain. So much rain that you start seeing water flowing down the trail like a small rivulet. So we hike and hike and hike and hike and we finally get back up to the truck. We're the only ones there. Well, now I start to get worried. I'm like, I better go see if I can find the rest of the crew. Daryl and Tom pile into the rig. I hike back down the trail. I get maybe a half a mile in. Thunder, lightning, just stupid weather. Terrible weather. Don't see anybody. Think, well, I better just keep going. Get about a mile in. Still don't see anybody. Decide I better go back up to the truck and see if they snuck around me and got back to the truck. Head back up. Get to the truck. Still nobody there. Now I'm starting to get a little more on the panicky side. Like, I really don't want to have to call search and rescue. I really don't want to have to see what's going on. Maybe they just hunker down under a pine tree and they're just going to sit out the rain. Hope that it passes and didn't want to hike out like we did. So I decided to hike back in. Turn around, hike back in. Don't get too far in. And I run into Larry and Jack coming out. I'm like, hey, you guys, where's Rob? Like, oh, he walked up to meet up with you to see what you wanted to do before the weather rolled in. But then the weather got bad, so we decided to come out too. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting because I haven't seen Rob. And we hiked back up to the truck. So now I'm even more concerned. So we hike back up, get to the rig, break the gear down, everybody piles in. And now I'm worried about Rob. Now there's kind of a funny story that happened in between all this. So you guys remember the apple fritters from the beginning of the story? And one had been eaten and there was still another one there? Well, when we got back to the truck the first time, after we had hiked up, that apple fritter looked awful good. So Daryl, Tom, and I ate it. As we got down to the last bite, we realized, hey, those other guys might want some of this too, but it's too late. When the idea pops in, and I'm not going to say this was my idea because this literally was not my idea, but somebody says, let's grab some of those horse apples and we'll replace the fritter with horse apples. Now, for those of you that don't know what a horse apple is, it's horse manure, and we're at a trailhead going into the backcountry of the Uena Mountains. So there's plenty of it. 
there's a big pile of horse crap. So we gather up some of the horse manure. And we arrange it in the box so that it looks as close to the apple fritter as possible. When the Georgia boys are like, well, it doesn't look exactly like the apple fritter. It definitely doesn't smell like the apple fritter. And it even looks more like a cow patty. To this day, that's what I call those things. Run up to the Chevron and Camus to grab a cow patty. So sitting in the back seat in the little donut box is a pile of horse crap. And when Larry and Jack get back to the vehicle and see that box there, they are excited for what's coming next. They pop open the lid and you can just see the disgust and disappointment in their faces. And we were cracking up and laughing. Man, those were some good times. So back to the part of the story with no Rob. So there's no Rob. Still no Rob. I hike back down the trail, yelling his name. The other Georgia boys are like, we'll come help you look. I'm like, no, let's not do that. Because this is going to turn into not just one lost person, but multiples. It is still a super torrential rain. Water flowing all over the trails getting hard to hike on because it's so muddy and slippery now. So there I am, soaking wet, can't find Rob. Two of my buddies are pissed off that we took their food. And I'm starting to think we're going to have to drive out of here till we can get cell phone reception and call in search and rescue. Because now it's been over an hour and a half and we haven't found Rob. So at this point we decide, let's go ahead and drive up to the main road and see if we can see a ranger. Just as we start to leave the parking lot, here comes Rob, walking down the road from the main road. He is head to toe covered in mud and does not look very happy. So big sigh of relief. Everybody's happy. He's alive. He's okay. Gets in the rig, telling the cow patty story. He's laughing about that until he realizes that there's no more and then he doesn't get any either. And then the Georgia boys are like, where have you been? So then Rob tells us the story about when he heard the first little bit of thunder, he thought it'd be a good idea to come up and find me just in case we'd altered our plan. By the time he got to where we were, we had already started to hike out because the thunder and lightning was getting too close. So he couldn't find us on the stream. He wasn't walking on the trail. When he got to the fork in the stream, he got confused and took the wrong fork, which led him to a different lake the opposite direction from where we had parked. In this process, he's fallen down in the mud and muck, and he said he finally got close to where he could see this lake, and he could hear people talking, and he walks out of the bushes into this campsite with a family of Asian people who did not speak English and they're freaking out because here comes this dude wearing waders and mud and all these things out of the bushes right into the middle of their campsite. He's trying to talk to them. They're trying to talk to him. It's just this huge cluster. He realizes that, okay, this isn't getting me anywhere. I'll just keep walking to the main road because I can hear the cars now. So he walks to the main road, gets there, realizes how far away he is from where we had parked, and starts hiking down the road. Because it's a high mountain road, there's lots of switchbacks. 
he gets to one of these switchbacks, he says, and he decides to cut the corner. Well, it's still nuke and rain. So he makes a couple steps, slips on the mud, and rolls to the next part of the road. So now he's covered with just even more mud and sticks and debris. He was glad he didn't break his fly rod. And then he walked down and found us. Moral of the story, buy more than two cow patties when you're at the Chevron and Camas. Pay attention to which fork of the river you're supposed to follow. And if you're covered from head to toe in mud and perhaps look like a wild animal or some Unabomber dude coming through the woods, it's probably best not to stumble into some strange campsite. Well, that was one of my favorite experiences fishing with Rob. We're still good friends. Still one of my favorite memories with my friends from Georgia. So get out there and live your stories.